Welcome to Marketing Thought Leadership, the podcast that offers insightful discussions on thought-provoking marketing topics. Here's the host of our show, marketing consultant, speaker, author, and educator, and the president of L2M Associates, Linda Popke. Hi, this is Linda Popke, and welcome to our latest episode of Marketing Thought Leadership. We're here today with Navid Jafari. Navid is with a company called Peer Nova. He has helped build brands and execute successful marketing strategies for many companies in Silicon Valley. Uh, and he's managed successful global marketing teams that operate entirely on a data-driven approach. He's worked at UWR, Semi-ENG, and Open Silicon. And he's also managed a full-service boutique marketing and design agency with clients in technology, healthcare, and semiconductor industries. So welcome, Naveed. Great to have you here. Hi, Linda. It's nice to meet you, and thank you for having me. Okay. So first of all, tell us a little bit about who Pernova is. And I know that you're, um, the company works in enterprise software in the financial industry, but give us a little bit of background about who they are. I'd love to. So uh, Piernova is a software technology company, as you mentioned, in the enterprise space. Uh, we Our primary target audience is actually uh, the tier one financial institutions of the world. Um, and so we've been around for about seven, eight years now, roughly. Uh, I've been with the company uh, since, uh, I believe, January of 15, roughly. And um, my official title is the Global Head of Marketing and Communications. I watch over our brand. Uh, uh, globally, but also that involves product marketing. So it, it, it's a little bit more than just the, the typical uh, sort of corporate uh, marketing role that, that uh, you know, this, this position typically entails. So I've been involved uh, with, uh, again, a lot of fronts since, since day one here with Fearnova. What we essentially do is um, – we are a data company, so we uh, provide uh, what we refer to as an effective data governance uh, solution to these uh, uh, rather large uh, financial institutions. And so, as you can imagine today, data is more valuable than anything else for uh, pretty much any size business. And so, we make sure that not only uh, these organizations are able to uh, get the best out of their data, but also stay compliant with, uh, you know, the, the plethora of, of regula regulatory and compliance-related uh, sort of requirements that they have to abide by almost worldwide. Great. And we know financial institutions in particular are always under compliance uh, issues and, and guidelines and things they have to do. So let's talk a little bit because we're sitting here in the middle of this COVID-19, coronavirus, quarantine, pandemic, whatever, and it's the elephant in the room, so we can't ignore it. So as much as we want to rely on data moving forward, um, this has kind of disrupted how all of us do marketing. How do you feel that this has changed from your perspective, both from that of your clients who are data-driven, obviously, um, and they're also in, in areas where financial services have to keep going. They can't shut down the, the bank or the network or the ATMs or whatever. So um, how has this impacted your customers, and what do you see as kind of the big changes from a marketing perspective? Sure. So you're absolutely correct. I think uh, we all have to uh, learn to do things a little bit differently moving forward. Um, I don't think anybody anticipated this degree of disruption, if you will, to the everyday uh, sort of task that we've all had. But 
I think what's really great about this, I'm I'm a glass half full kind of person, so to me, this is yet another opportunity, um, and not necessarily a, a, an impediment or or even an obstacle. I think what's really great is that we all have access to digital marketing today, and what what's really really important, and I think this is something that if, if there's one thing I want uh, your listeners to take away from this conversation is that to me, digital marketing is the the great equalizer, if you will. Um, it really doesn't matter what size company you are, where you are, are, or in what segment or industry you function. We all have access to the same uh, sort of search engines. We all have access to the same sort of tools, if you will. And I think you're right. I think this, this outbreak puts uh, a little bit of a focus uh, more than ever on digital marketing because that's really the only route we have left. But that's not necessarily a bad thing. Um, I can tell you from our perspective, we utilize uh, events and conferences and meeting our customers face-to-face quite a lot. And sure, mm-hmm. that piece has been taken away, right? And and there's really not much that any of us could, can do about that. But again, I think if you look at this from a slightly different point of view and say, sure, I don't have the, you know, face-to-face, shake-hand-type conversations that I have relied on in order to get my message out or or build my brand or build my customer base, but at the same time, what if I put all of that energy, resources, and and even money to some extent um, into, let's say, SEO or, you know, really working on my digital presence to begin with? I think we're going to see a, uh, first of all, a long-term benefit here, medium-long-term benefit here that I think you probably wouldn't um, necessarily expect from events and conferences in general, let alone in this day and age. Um, but at the same time, I think, again, it, it this is a great equalizer. I mean, if you feel like as a brand, as a company, you have uh, competitors that are larger than you, they have more resources, you certainly, I mean, who doesn't, right? We all have to sort of, grapple with that reality, I think this gives you an opportunity to say, hey, you know what, I can now uh, essentially fight for the same target audience at the same level with them. We don't really have very many uh, sort of options outside of our digital presence today. And and again, I think thinking more in terms of how do I make sure the customers find me rather than my competitor is really a good strategy to uh, to sort of begin this process. So I think you're right. We need to we need to think digitally, and certainly I think there will be events and face-to-face conversations, conferences that will come back eventually. But we can't sit and wait for the world to change because we're in a new normal, and I don't think we're we're ever going to see a change 100% back to where it was. Uh, what I use as kind of a, um, a comparison, which is the closest thing I can find, is 9/11. You know, we hit 9/11. There were airplanes running into buildings, and everything shut down, and we were all very nervous and uh, and over a period of time, we got back to normal, but things never came back exactly to normal. We have the TSA, and we take our shoes off, and we can't carry more than three ounces of liquid onto a plane, and blah, 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 blah. Security, you know, going in and out of buildings is different. So we're going to get to a different state of normal. It just may take a little longer than 9-11 because that was just a, a one-day thing, and this has already been several months. Yeah. So here we are. So we're in the middle of this, and you, you say it's a great equalizer, which I agree, on the other hand, even with digital marketing, the more you spend, the more likely you are to reach your customers. So here we have a series of events that's happening that 
not only have they taken away some of the marketing tools we have, but they've taken away the revenue for a lot of companies that they aren't necessarily getting the customers, they're not spending as much, maybe they're not open, they have to bring their services online. So if you're someone who really hasn't been spending a lot of time doing digital marketing, what's your suggestion? How do they get in there to even start playing the game on on the same field as everybody else? Yeah. So, uh, you know, Linda, I think your your uh, analogy was spot on. I think there, you know, there is a new normal, and there is no reason why any of us should, uh, you know, it's kind of like uh, that wonderful book, Who Moved My Cheese, right? It's, it's right. kind of, you know, you have to learn to adapt. And today we have to learn to adapt to this new normal. Uh, tomorrow will be something else. And I think what, at least in my career, what has always helped me is being able to, you know, I kind of started out in the trenches. I've, I've, I, I, to this day, I'm extremely hands-on. I actually really enjoy that part of my job. Um, and I think it's important as marketing people to have uh, an array of skills, if you will, right? So, you know, the days of, uh, and I see this in the industry a lot today, the leaders that were sort of more business-minded and less tactical are having a little bit of a challenge sort of directing the teams more effectively because they may not necessarily, for example, know a whole lot about SEO and how to rank and all of those things. So I think the first thing I always recommend to my team, uh, colleagues, is to make sure that you work on your skills on a regular basis, right? So the marketing from 30 years ago, 10 years ago, five years ago is certainly not the marketing that we do today, right? And so it is important for us to make sure that we are always learning, polishing our skills, and uh, making sure that we're relevant, right, in the way we approach things. Now, this, this your question is, a, is to me, it's kind of a, a – you have to know the problem you're trying to address here as well, right? You're right. I, I, I certainly don't have uh, the answers in terms of customers that have gone away, uh, perhaps may not want to spend money in that particular sector anymore or want to come back. You know, restaurants are prime, prime example – I don't have an answer for that. I don't think anybody really does how to get them back. I think it's going to be more of a uh, community-focused type approach to all of this. You know, we we do need to kind of change mindsets a little bit moving forward in order to get that back. So my point here is that it is important to know what kind of problem you're actually trying to address. Are you trying to address the problem of bringing back people to, for example, to small businesses uh, that are walk-ins, or are you trying to solve a problem with your branding, for example, or your online presence. The reason why I'm kind of simplifying this is because we have to know what we are able to make a change on and what we're not able to make a change on. Because then you have an opportunity to measure your effectiveness better. Does that make sense? Um, Yeah, absolutely. You know, I don't want to make it sound like, um, you know, by people just jumping on digital marketing, that's going to sort of solve all the problems. That's certainly not the case. I think there are certain instances where this would apply very well, but there are certain instances that this really wouldn't make that much of a difference. And I wish I had better answers there, but I'm afraid I don't. I mean, again, it's not the kind of problem that marketing is, is perhaps even meant to solve. Now, how do they, how do people get started with digital marketing today? It's to me, it's very easy. You just pick what you can do and do it well. That's I think the to me that again is another piece that we cannot forget. Um, I have a 
I guess a, a certain interest in 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 influence in general uh, and being able to sort of do things with um, again influence and persuasion in mind. And so to me, one one piece that's always worked for me as a marketing person is to make sure you do everything well and with quality. I think that says something about you. It says something about your brand. These are sort of almost subliminal messages that you communicate with your customers or your prospects. Um, so if you are going to have an online presence, make sure it's a good online presence. I think in 2020, uh, there really is no excuse not to have a great website, and one that's functional. I'm not talking about, you know, snazzy and, uh, mm-hmm. you know, a bunch of moving things on the homepage and making it look really sharp and all that. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about an effective online presence. So if you're going to have a website, make sure you have some good content there. Make sure that it's well built. Make sure that it is ranking well. You know, these are some of the things that you can control. Now, the other piece to all of this is that this is true particularly in our uh, sort of neck of the woods, if you will, um, and with our target audience, education is really key. And, you know, we have a background in blockchain technology as, uh, you know, Pier Nova, when it first started, we actually built our platform on top of blockchain. And for some folks that may not be familiar with, with blockchain, it's sort of the database behind what eventually led to Bitcoin. Uh, we have nothing to do with cryptocurrencies or coins or anything like that, but we use the best of blockchain to build a platform to make it more secure. Now, mm-hmm. I spent the first three years of my uh, tenure at Pier Nova just making sure that my target audience understood what blockchain was and what blockchain was not. Um, you know, if you know anything about blockchain, you know that yeah. people made all kinds of claims. You know, it was going to solve world hunger and, right, and you right. know, everything in between. The truth is that is not what it was. Blockchain solves a very particular set of trust problems. And so for us, it was so important to make sure that we brought in the right type of leadership, the right type of sort of thought leadership, even if you will, to discuss the topics at hand in a way that made sense to the target audience, not just try to sort of um, blow it out of proportion and say, yeah, this is the problem. This is a solution to all of your problems. So that is a huge piece. And again, to reiterate what I said earlier, quality greatly matters in my mind. If you're going to have an online presence today, start with a website. There are some great solutions out there. As most of your listeners know, there are solutions that kind of provide everything in a in a turnkey type fashion where you just kind of go to them. Don't worry about the technical bits and pieces. Don't even get – don't even deal with those things if, if I could give advice on that. Um, because it's just going to waste your time. Pay a little bit more if you can. If you can, of course, that's, that's a big piece. But go to someone that can provide you a turnkey solution. If you don't have an online presence, have them have them kind of provide you that service, and then focus on making sure that you are on top of people's uh, sort of list of uh, evaluations, right? When it comes to whatever you're offering, even if you're uh, small, if you're if you have a very small offering, it really doesn't matter. Identify your keywords build content around that so that, again, with this great equalizer, you also have an opportunity to uh, sort of present yourself to your prospects. That makes a lot of sense. So let's presume that, that, you know, in this day and age that most of the companies we're working with or working for have a website, uh, even if they've been selling in the brick-and-mortar world, they have some kind of online presence. But now we have to – and let's also presume we're not talking about companies that are totally online because – 
to them, in a sense, this doesn't really matter. If you've been selling digital services only, great, you know, you're still selling that. But those people who used to have a brick-and-mortar presence or uh, something that happened in, you know, in real life and in, in physical space now have to try and sell online and to offer a service online. If you've got the website, you've got some basic SEO, where do you go next? What's your suggestion for where do you start with this kind of thing? So, great question again. Um, what I typically do is I look at my competitors. Um, I think that always, especially again, if you're if you're uh, on the smaller side, uh, you can definitely look to sort of almost aspirational examples in your own industry. Um, try to find out what's working for them, and this is very easy to do, by the way. All you have to do is change your mindset from a seller to a buyer, and say, I want to go to my competitor to buy, you know, product X Y Z or service X Y Z. Go through the process and see what they're doing and how it is working for them. What's really, really great, Linda, and I'm sure you agree with this, is that today there are so many amazing tools at almost no cost, right, or right. very yeah. little cost at that. You know, if you are not used to being an online and, and sort of reaching your clients online, guess what? There are so many wonderful uh, – and, again, I think a lot of these are actually free as well. There's so many wonderful plugins that sit on top of WordPress, for example, Um uh, WooCommerce or some of the other, you know, great tools out there that would sit on top of a very basic free almost existence for your, you know, online presence that would give you functionalities like you would not believe. <laughs> you know, I, I, I'm thinking back to 15, 16 years ago where, you know, if a client came to us and wanted a uh, sort of an e-commerce solution type website, we actually had to build the shopping cart for them as well. And that's, that's you know, those days are yeah. long gone, right? So right, right. It's, it's, kind of, it's sort of like um, having to, uh, you know, you, you want to have a dinner, and at one point you had to buy all the ingredients and cook it yourself, and now you can go and kind of buy a package as <laughs> it all. Or if you want to have dessert, you can buy the cake. Yeah. Oh, yeah you absolutely. could either grow the, grow the wheat and, and start all from scratch, buy the mix, or um, or you can, you know, buy the whole cake and, and just bring it home and eat That's it. Right. So it's that kind of a thing, yeah. Uh, Linda, yeah. I, in my mind, um, there is a massive difference between uh, having resources and being resourceful. And I ah, think that, okay. is, that is a huge thing. I have gone against much, much bigger brands in my career, uh, and this is, has never – one stopped me thinking that, oh, my gosh, they have so, many, so much more, they have bigger teams, they have this and that. Why? Because I know that I can be very resourceful. So meaning that if I don't know something, I am very comfortable with, number one, saying I don't know something, and number two, going and figuring out how to do it. And I think this is a mindset that not only applies to, of course, marketing, but applies, applies across the, 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 you know, the plethora of everything that we do on a daily basis, right? But, you know, if you're sitting there thinking, my gosh, now i got to go and become an online expert in digital marketing or whatever, that is not the way to think about it. You need to think about, look, first of all, I need to learn to be resourceful. I need to learn, learn to roll up my sleeves and do things. Um, this, is, this is, to me, one of those great uh, sort of differentiators, if you will, between people that get things done and people that perhaps struggle. Um, you have to believe in what you can and cannot do. I mean, obviously, we're talking about people who have built businesses, right? Even if it's a small right. business, it doesn't matter. You've already taken that, that um, you know, risk and that 
responsibility on, right? So you've already proven to yourself that you can do this. So now all you have to do is believe in the fact that, look, you may not have money, you may not have a huge team, you may not have all of those things that your competitor perhaps has, but you have the right mindset, which is resourcefulness. So if you want to build an online presence, Google the heck out of that and find the best solution for you. If you have never done email marketing before, which is a great, again, one of those almost free services that are just endlessly available today. There's so many great options there. Figure out what your competitors are. Go sign up for their email list and get their emails to understand what they're doing right and try to try to use that as an aspirational sort of example for yourself, right? The key is just because you don't have money doesn't mean you don't have choices. Just because you don't have a large team doesn't mean you can't do anything. It's it's the exact opposite. You should and you absolutely can. That's I think the the gist of what I'm trying to get at. That's fantastic. That's great. So let's, let's let's step back a little bit. And because, again, the world is moving. It's not where it was even a few months ago. But I think we can start to see that, you know, we maybe we're hitting the bottom of this and we're going to start emerging. Where do you see digital marketing in particular and just marketing in general heading over the next year, year and a half? I mean, as we come out of this, what do you see kind of on the, on the horizon for us? Um, you know – I, I wish I could tell you, um, you know, I, that I'm a fortune teller, but I'm not. And so I'm only going to tell you what I think is going to happen in the short term. Um, I think long term is, is, is a little tricky to try to kind of guess. But, um, again, going back to what I was saying, I think if you see this as an opportunity and change your mindset a little bit and say, look, uh, one door has closed and now I have another door open to me, then – First of all, it allows you to take uh, sort of take this opportunity that you have right now to get better at what you do. Um, you're right. I think th- I do believe that there's going to be a, some degree of seismic shift, if you will. I think here uh, digital marketing is going to become more important than ever before, which means that it's almost going to exponentially make things like SEO more difficult. Now, everyone's going to want to compete. I think to some extent right. this was a – uh, kind of an open secret for a lot of us that SEO was really important, but now it's it's definitely out, right? So everyone's going to want to compete for the same keyword. So if, for example, now, as you know very well, there's different degrees of how you can use SEO to your advantage. Um, by the way, I want to share an example here of how important and cost-effective SEO can be for you. Um, we operate in, as I mentioned, in the data space, so some of the keywords right. that we have are extremely competitive. Um, in fact, some of those keywords are uh, the most expensive CPCs I think I've ever seen. We're talking about <laughs> maybe between 100 to $120 a click window, if you would think that. So yeah, that's expensive. That, that's very pricey, right? But guess what? That's only the first three results that show up in the first page of Google. You can be in one of those free results. And therefore, think about the opportunity you're really having at your disposal by not paying $120 a click for someone to come to you. Right. So my point is that, yes, if you're a large company and and hundred twenty dollars a click doesn't really matter to you. Great. That's wonderful for you. (laughs) For for the rest of us, mere mortals, we have to worry about those things. Right. So, again, I think um, begin the process to date. I think that's really important. You need to build your brand. And, and again, this is another one of those opportunities in my mind that if you build a. So let me backtrack a bit. I personally believe that 
no one's going to buy anything from you unless they know who you are. Meaning that Absolutely. if you don't have, do you know what I mean? If you don't have a brand, if your brand doesn't have a personality, if your brand doesn't have certain attachments to it, you're not going to, you're not going to sell anything. Or if you are, it's not going to be as successful, right? So right. this is a great opportunity to build your brand as well. If you have a small business that's local, go build your brand locally. If you have a brand like ours, which is a global brand, you, obviously it's exponentially more difficult, but still very doable. You, this is a great opportunity to build brands. And you can do this online again with a great online presence, with making sure that uh, you, know, you build relationships. Sure, everything is digital, but we're all humans at the end of the day sitting in front of those screens, right? So if you want to build your brand, reach out to people that are doing similar things, for example. Build relationships that way. Find out how, you know, we all can learn from one another. I, I, I've certainly had phenomenal teachers in my career, and I've done my absolute best to make sure that I teach everything I know to my team and people that I work with. So there is no question in my mind that there are people out there that every single one of us can reach out to. And by the way, it's all just coming down to the fact that all you have to do is ask, right? Worst case scenario, they'll say no, and that's okay too. Right. But if you ask someone, hey, you know what? I don't know how to do this. Can you help me? I guarantee you most people will be more than happy to help you. But I think, you know, there's a great TED Talk, um, which uh, you have to forgive me, but uh, the, forget what the title of it is, but there's this gentleman who tries to get rejected 100 times in 30 days or something like that. And mm -hmm. I highly recommend people to listen to that because it really tells you that a lot of times um, the no's we hear are in our heads. They're not necessarily in front of us, meaning that I preemptively assume that no one's going to help me with my marketing problem and therefore I won't ask. Whereas if you just simply take the opportunity and ask, you'll be amazed how much people will help you. And third and and final point here with your question, I think it's also important to be influential. So if you, again, if you're trying to build a brand, if you're trying to build a sort of a certain identity for yourself online, say what's on your mind. Build a, a sort of an influential presence that people can look up to you and say, I want to kind of hear what that person has to say. This is, again, nobody, there's no, there's, there's no institution in the world that says, you have to listen to Mr. XYZ and not, you know, the other person, right? It's what we do with our own sort of personal brands that determines that. If you have something useful to say, if you have something useful to help other people get things done, my suggestion has always been share that. Why not, right? So it helps other people, it helps you, and it also creates this synergy, I think, between um, different companies and, and, uh, and, and different sectors in essence. Absolutely. So we've been talking here with Nafid Jafari, who is with a company called Piernova, and he is their global marketing uh, marketing head. Um, and Nafid, if people wanted to find out more about you, Piernova, what's going on, where would they go? Sure. So I'm obviously on LinkedIn, so you can certainly uh, reach out to me on LinkedIn. But uh, our website is piernova.com, or you can just simply Google it. I also have, uh, uh, you can also reach me on Twitter at uh, handle at NeatQ, that's N-E-A-T-C-U-E. -E. Uh, I have a personal blog as well, which I kind of do my best to share some of these thoughts as well, but uh, always happy to hear from folks. That's fantastic. Thank you so much, Envy. 
Lots of great stuff here. So uh, the message is, um, regardless of, of what's going on in the world, you need to get out there and do marketing. And in today especially, uh, we need to get out there and, and focus on our digital marketing. If you're doing it already, do what you can do better. If you aren't doing it already, this is a great time to start. So thank you so much for sharing all this with us. This has been great. My absolute pleasure. Wishing you and all your listeners uh a safe and healthy uh, course during this outbreak, and I hope we can all go back to uh, to the normal uh, soon. Absolutely. You too. Thank you so much. Until next time, this is Linda Popke from Marketing Thought Leadership. We hope you enjoyed this edition of Marketing Thought Leadership, brought to you by L2M Associates. If you'd like to find out how you can improve the return on your investment in marketing programs, processes, or people, Contact us at www.l2massociates.com.